This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and I'm so happy to tell you about today's show, which is really a show after my own heart, as it's all about music theater and art. We have some fabulous guests on the program today, and first up is someone I've known for many years, whose career really took off when she moved to New York City. Nikki Phillips is an awesome talent. She is an award-winning composer and lyricist. Also on the program today is lyricist and librettist Sarah Ziegler, who, along with composer Nikki Phillips, teamed up with librettist Stephen Gallagher to write In Between, the funny and heartfelt musical for adolescent performers. But they're here today to talk about their newest brainchild, which is the Tweens and Teens Songbook, New Musical Theatre Songs for the Young-ish Performer. Love that title. Later on in the show, we have the very talented art instructor, artist, and author, Michelle Fish, who's also the founder of Learn Art Online Toronto, and she helps beginner adults discover their artistic voice through simple drawing courses. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about award-winning composer and lyricist Nikki Phillips. Nikki Phillips is currently a member of the BMI Layman Angle Advanced Musical Theatre Workshop, where she she was awarded the Gene Banks Award for Outstanding Achievement in Musical Theatre. An alumnus of the Johnny Mercer Songwriters Project, Nikki was mentored, get this, by Lynn Manuel Miranda and Craig Carnelia. Her work has been showcased everywhere at Lincoln Center, 54 Below, Don't Tell Mama, the Lori Beachman Theatre, and the New York Theatre Barn. Nikki was awarded the Artist in Residence at the Margaret and H.A. Ray Center, and her work with the Musical Stage Company includes being a music supervisor on Launchpad 2020 and as a participant in Noteworthy. As a prolific musical theater writer, her musical works include In Between, The Last Party, The Curious Journey, ASCAP, Stephen Schwartz Workshop, Johnny Mercer Writer's Colony at Goodspeed Musicals, Stage Fright, Becoming Tussauds in Development, In Flanders Fields, created by Robert Gontier and Nikki Phillips, first commissioned and produced by Smile Theatre Company, Lunchbox Theatre in Calgary, where it was nominated for a Betty Mitchell Award for Outstanding production. Nikki is also a proud member of ASCAP, where she was awarded the ASCAP Plus Award. And now let me introduce everyone to Nikki's collaborator and co-lyricist on the Tweens and Teens songbook, New Musical Theatre Songs for Youngish Performers, and her name is Sarah Ziegler. Sarah Ziegler is also an advanced member of the BMI Workshop. In addition to creating the Teens and Tweens songbook together, Nikki and Sarah teamed up, as just mentioned earlier, with Stephen Gallagher to write In Between, and notice the tween, uh, a musical for adolescent performers. Another musical of Sarah's, The Brontes, is currently being workshopped at the University of East London and will have a production in 2022. 
Sarah's songs have also been performed at cabaret spaces all across New York City. Sarah has a master's in musical theater from the Boston Conservatory and enjoys occasionally taking the stage as a performer herself. Nikki Phillips and Sarah Ziegler, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you, Judy. Nikki, it's so great to see you again. Just for our listeners, I've known Nikki for many years. She used to teach musical theater, singing, and acting to our children. And as you know, Lily's in her fourth year of musical theater now at Sheridan. It's all because of you, Sheridan College. Ah! And, And it's just so great to come full circle today. As I mentioned, Nikki, I think your career exploded when you moved to New York And I'd really just want to congratulate you on all of your successes. And I know that you and Sarah Ziegler worked together with Stephen Gallagher on that musical in between, but I think you also collaborated many years before that. Can you tell me how you first met and started working together? Well, Sarah and I, um, we first met at the BMI Musical Theatre Workshop in 2012. Uh, For those of you uh, who don't know what the BMI Musical Theatre Workshop is, it's it's a workshop uh, for musical theatre writers, uh, and it's a a training ground where composers and lyricists come uh, to learn the craft of musical theatre writing. Uh, So Sarah and I met and were teamed up in our first year on a song, uh, and since then, we kind of haven't stopped working together. Um, actually, our songbook really came from one of our collaborations. Songbook idea came from one of our collaborations at BMI when we were working on a, a BMI project, which was a show um, that centered around a young person. Uh, and the, the one song that we wrote, wrote from that um, had a lot of interest from people. And we started to realize that there weren't uh, a lot of songs out there for, for, for tweens and teens for that age group. So uh, that's kind of where the, the seed uh, started uh, for, for our songbook uh, when we were paired up together at BMI and, and creating a show. That's so amazing. Sarah, can you tell us more about how In Between with Stephen Gallagher, you worked on it with Stephen Gallagher, sort of sprang to life? Yeah, um, well, I think a similar a similar story to what to what Nikki said um, in that we realized basically from this one song, it's just not my thing, which is one of the songs in our songbook um, that we were selling a surprising amount of sheet music on Nikki's site of this <laughs> song, um, as opposed to her other songs, which I think are equally fabulous, but are written for um, you know written for adult singers. And, um, and Nick and I both work with young people. We're both teachers and, um, we realized it was a passion of ours and also, um, a, a, something that was necessary for the musical theater community to have more, both more shows, uh, written specifically for the adolescent age group. And then also just more, um, more songs that can just be done in many capacities, um, so Nikki introduced me to Steven and I instantly loved him and was like, yes, we've got to do this. Um, and um, Bravo Theater um, in Bravo, Bravo Academy. Academy. Yes. Bravo, excuse me. Bravo Academy in, um, in Toronto was so wonderful and offered us a developmental production um, during the pandemic over Zoom. Um, and so at a time when a lot of people, when all of us were feeling rather depressed and sad about the state of theater at the moment, we were, we were able to create this show and, 
and have wonderful young people involved. Um, and that's, and that's kind of how it sprang to life um, during, during the height of COVID. <laughs> That was a wonderful show. And the artistic director, of course, is Melissa Bensick. And that was a beautiful production. And it's funny, everyone's in their boxes, but you kind of on their Zoom boxes because mm -hmm. it was live streamed. But you almost forget it was done so well that you I actually felt at one point that we were actually in the theater. And, and that's what I think you achieved. It was just just absolutely incredible. Thank you. So. It's also, I think, great for young performers to have audition songs to audition with. Like, what a wonderful, fruitful area that you, you've gone into. And I'm amazed by the talent on the songbook. Like, I'm amazed by the voices. They're just incredible. And I'm so excited because our listeners will be hearing some of those voices. What types of songs, this is for anyone, are featured in the book? The songs are... There are up-tempo songs and ballads, comedic numbers, um, and it's, you know, specifically written for tweens and teens. And as you said, it's it's really, um, the songs are there for audition material, uh, for concerts, for singing and voice lessons, um, festivals. Um, have I... Have I missed anything, Cabarets. Sarah? No. Cabarets, yeah. <laughs> Cabarets. Yeah. Well, the songs are absolutely gorgeous. And as I just mentioned, the voices of the young singers are absolutely spectacular. How did you cast and find all of the talent for this project? It's a good question. Um, well, I kind of put out like a, a, a notice on Facebook because I was like, we're looking for some young performers. Um, and... Uh, actually, the first singer we found, I actually found on Instagram and just connected huh. with her mom. Um, <laughs> and she's amazing. Uh, that's Kaylin Hedges. Uh, and the other performers, yeah, just through um, some contacts who who just knew these young performers. Um, and some of them I knew. One of them is my student. Another one is is from Toronto. And and it was really. It was really great because some of the talent uh, are local to New York, so they were able to come to my studio, uh, and others weren't. Others just sent it in and, and had mic setups and did it, and they did it all remotely, and and we were able to make it work. But yeah, they're so incredibly talented, and some of them, you know, have been in Broadway shows and national tours, and and they're really, really, really fabulous. I'm so excited to play one of your very happy, upbeat, and comical tunes, Julia, You're Fired. Can you tell us a little bit about this song and set it up for us? Um, sure. So Julia, You're Fired is inspired by um, a teen I know. Um, we hope she's not listening. Well, <laughs> we hope she's not listening, but um, her name is Julia. So um, and one of the stories in it is true. She was... Uh, our dog walker and uh, at one point dropped our dog. Um, oh, no. But in her defense, in her, in her defense, our dog is um, very, very stubborn on walks. So it, it just all kind of came from that. And um, and as Nikki said, we wanted a variety of songs in our songbook. We Julia, your fight was actually the last song we wrote. We wrote uh, it, gosh, this past June or May. Yeah, in in the summer. In the summer, we wrote it this summer and. Um, we realized we're like, we want a patter song. We want a comedy song um, just to really round out um, the types of songs in the book. Um, and I would just love to mention the demo singer um, for that song. It's um, the Jimmy Award winning uh, performer, Elena Holder. The Jimmy Awards being the kind of the Tony Awards for high school students. Wow. So um, it's a nationwide competition. And the amazing Elena Holder um, was the winner this year. And if you haven't checked out her video um, that won, 
YouTube it because it's fantastic. Elena Holder, Jimmy Awards winning video. Um, And (laughs) Nikki is fantastic in so many ways, Nikki. You're so fantastic. Oh, Um, I thank you. (laughs) It's true. It's true. As as are you. As are you. (laughs) But she's really good at just reaching out to people, particularly on Instagram. So... I just reached I just reached out to her because I thought she would be so fabulous and yeah. she was like I can do it and she did it she's studying musical theater at a college right now and she just did it like basically in her dorm room <laughs> recorded it so, <laughs> like in like in 20 minutes right it was like one two three yeah there you go <laughs> oh my god well it's just beautiful let's all have a listen to Julia you're fired and this is from the wonderful songbook Nikki Phillips and Sarah Ziegler let's have a listen started out as a dog walker and let me tell you thought i'd found my calling thought i'd really found my groove till i walked a tiny pup who plane refused to move when i picked her up she started squirming all around i called the owners told them that i dropped her on the ground instead of being grateful that i'm so darn honest my boss said julia you're fired So I went to Mickey D's and started serving fries Five gajillion calories in every super size Told my valued customers to cook at home instead And make some changes in their lives before they all drop dead Instead of being thankful that I'm frank and caring My boss said, Julia, you're fired Oh, that's so fantastic. I love that song. It's so fun. I love that upbeat tempo and that awesome energy. So great. And it's hard to find upbeat songs to sing. Like there's always ballads, but this is going to be so great for so many kids. That's wonderful. When you imagine people picking up your songbook, what would you like to see happen? How would you like to see these songs being used? I know we touched on a little bit audition songs, etc. But what in your wildest imagination would you like to see happen with the songbook? I mean, I, I, I would love for kids, uh, for tweens, sorry, they're not kids, tweens and teens, um, <laughs> to um, find a connection to these songs and find and, and feel that they're being represented somehow and that it isn't, um, you know, they're not singing songs about falling in, in, in love with like a 30 year old singing songs that aren't, aren't, appro- aren't, aren't age appropriate. Um, so I think a, a big part of it is, is yes, we would love to see these songs being done at auditions and um, cabarets. Um, but really, I think it's just about filling this need for these young singers and being able to have songs that they connect with and that, um, you know, are, are contemporary musical theater. And, you know, we were very specific to make sure that we weren't, you know, dumbing down uh, the lyrics or anything like that. You know, these are, they're sophisticated songs in a way. It's, it's, it's complex music. Um, some are complex, some are, are, are more simple. Um, but yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's really about a connection um, that they, that the singer has with the songs and, and, and hopefully brings them joy, brings them bliss in, in being able to, to sing them. Absolutely. There's lots of ways that um, Nikki and Sarah, that people can purchase the songbook. Um, What are the, and I think there's two main options, two main ways that you can do it. What are they? Sure. Oh, go ahead, Sarah. Let me tell, I'll tell you, it's on, it's on Nikki's website. So um, I'll, I'll brag for Nikki. She's got a great website. Mine is highly mediocre and never updated. (laughs) So check out Nikki's website, NikkiPhillips.com. And she has um, a couple tabs for purchasing music. There's one tab um, specifically devoted to the songbook. 
And the two main ways to purchase it are just the digital book. So you're going to receive the sheet music digitally. And the other way is the digital songbook um, with the accompaniment tracks. Um, and these are orchestrated tracks. They're are orchestrated by both Nikki and um, our lovely colleague who's super talented, Andy Roninson. Um, so these tracks include more than just piano. So they could be used in, um, you know, in a performance um, environment. And um, so, yeah, you've got those two options, the just the sheet music or the sheet music plus the accompaniment tracks. Um, also on Nikki's site, you have the option of purchasing individual songs. So if you'd rather just, you know, pick songs that speak only to you, um, you know, you can you can purchase individual pieces as well. That's so awesome. I love that, that you have all those choices. They can use the tracks for audition. They can also do it live with the pianist. That's wonderful. So this is a question we ask everyone on the show. So I, I'd love to ask it to, to both of you. So Nikki, what is bliss for Nikki Phillips? Bliss for me. Um, well, I think it's two things. Bliss, uh, I find bliss uh, being with, you know, my family, being with my um, my my wife and my dog and 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 my immediate family love is 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 bliss uh and then i have um bliss that's in kind of targeted to more a professional nature which is which is writing and creating and teaching and and being um uh an artist that that brings that brings me bliss that's lovely and i'll ask the same question to you what is bliss for sarah ziegler Bliss is when my toddler's having a good day. <laughs> so I, um, I think it's it's very similar to Nikki, um, especially since I've become a mom in the last three years. I have I have a three year old and a three month old now, and I find bliss is definitely being with my family, being with my husband um, and our two boys, and also our dog, and having that time together. Um, and a lot of that time does revolve around. Um, music making and theater making, um, even if it's just making up silly songs together. Um, I love sharing art with children um, and teens. I love it when I feel balanced <laughs> between um, the personal life and the professional life. It's not always easy. Um, but when I feel like I'm giving my all to my family and fully present with them during the day and also fully present when I'm working, that to me is bliss. That's so awesome. Uh, Nikki, do you have anything coming up that you'd like to tell us about that we should be watching out for? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm busy kind of creating right now. This book is launched and we're actually going to be um, putting out a, a hard copy printed version of the book um, uh, in the new year. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, that's so great. What is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? Sure, you can uh, contact me through Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Nikki Phillips underscore music, uh, or you can reach out through my website, NikkiPhillips.com. Sarah, do you have anything coming up that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, yes, actually. Um, rehearsals started today for a show that um, I co-wrote with my husband, Kellen Blair, um, and also composer David Christensen, um, it's called Just Between the All of Us. The funny thing being, I have two musicals with the word between in them. Um, totally not. <laughs> I, I realized this later. Um, but Just Between the All of Us is an audience-driven uh, dating musical. So cool. it's a, a choose-your-own-journey, we'll call it, so as not to step on the toes of any uh, brand names. But 
Um, it's highly audience interactive. Um, we have been waiting on a production for this for a couple of years because of the pandemic. Um, and we feel so grateful that um, Bloomington Playwrights um, Project in Bloomington, Indiana, is doing a developmental run for us that, um, as I said, rehearsals start today, coming up. Oh, gosh, I don't know the dates of that. I might have to get back to you on that, but it's in December. (laughs) And there's a one night only um, performance in New York City for any listeners who find themselves in New York on December 21st. There'll be one night only of just between all of us at the asylum in Manhattan. Well, that's so awesome. What is the best way for people to contact you on social media? Sure. Um, my Instagram handle is at uh, Sarah Zieg. So part of my last name. So S-A-R-A-H-Z-I-E-G is my Instagram. Um, you can also visit my highly um, outdated website, but still get messages on it. Um, my website is sarahzieglerblair.com. I want to thank you both so much for being on the show today. It's really been great having you. Thank Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So So much much fun. Later on in the show, Nikki and Sarah will be back with one of my favorite songs from their new songbook album called Dino Kid. Can't wait for you all to hear that. But right now we're going to go on a short commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to meet artist and art instructor, Michelle Fish. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we are now joined by artist and art teacher, Michelle Fish, who teaches people how to lose their inhibitions and become more confident about creating art. A graduate of the Rhode Island School of Design, Michelle Fish is the founder of Learn Art Online Toronto. Her passion for small group teaching started with the Painted Word Studio, an Ottawa program that continued for over a decade. She adds 10 years of drawing and art appreciation courses through the University of Toronto. Tapping into the 55-plus population and seeking a more creative alternative to traditional in-class instruction, Michelle left U of T in 2018 to pursue her own dream website, Learn Art Online Toronto. Michelle holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree, a Master's in Teaching from the Rhode Island School of Design, and a BA in Psychology. She's an indie author, which I never knew, so interesting, (laughs) of several art appreciation e-guides and in which she contacts the artist and then writes about the artwork to help inspire visual skills. Michelle is dedicated to helping beginner adults, and I love this, beginner adults discover their artistic voice through simple pen and paper drawing courses supplemented by her extensive slide collection of famous artworks. 
She is the first to create her own art course called Breaking Beyond the Box. And when she's not teaching beginner art online, Michelle enjoys drawing portraits, singing. We'll have to get her back on the show to sing too. <laughs> Classical ballet and taking courses in health and well-being. Michelle, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you, Judy. And I have to say, that's amazing that you could put all that together when I've been asked what I do. It's, it's really tough to answer it. And this was so eloquent. So thank you for that. Thank you, Michelle. So Michelle and I know each other. In fact, my daughter used to think you were her cousin because of our close family ties. But I always remember seeing you at the National Ballet of Canada dancing ballet as an adult, which my daughter and I both always found very inspiring. And we've also shared a meditation teacher, but we'll leave that for another show. But we've never really talked about your art and your groundbreaking art classes, Michelle. What was it that influenced your passion for art and really for teaching art in the first place? Well, Judy, in a nutshell, um, it's, an, it's interesting how one goes into directions that you don't even expect. And uh, it was really at a time, a tough time in my life, um, when I was around 17 or 18 years of age. And there was that sort of cross in the road where I had enrolled at the University of Toronto, and you you have this decision of well, what will I take? And so it's either you either really studied uh, a subject like math or English or literature or art that made me feel more like wasn't doing great at U of T, kind of following the shadow of my brothers and thinking, uh, you know, uh, there may be some other direction. Um, and the other direction was really taking art courses that were just a social outlet um, where you were individual and you weren't fitting into an academic model. And that really, it wasn't even that I thought I was going to go into art. I think it was the learning style. And I thought this allows me to really express myself as I truly am and be around other people. And we are all completely diverse and individual, which is what I was thinking at that time. And I, I think that's really how it started, really by accident in many ways. So, Michelle, you have said that when you reflected on your early student art days and the tragic and untimely loss of your aunt, of your beloved aunt, that you dropped out of your degree and turned to art for healing. Can you take us back to that time and tell us about your passion to train as an artist, but really in a very new direction? Absolutely. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, Judy. And at that time, really my aunt, both my aunts, and really my family in general, as you know, I have a very large family in Toronto, all really inspired art and, and uh, my parents, as well as both my aunt and uncles, uh, both in Montreal and Toronto. My aunt in Toronto, who I spent a lot of time with, really like a second mother to me, um, had a beautiful space in her house that was dedicated completely to abstract art. And I remember going and just sitting in this room and looking around of abstract shapes and feeling better. <laughs> that was really the great part of it. And her inspiration at the time I was taking some art courses during the summer, she was profoundly influential, uh, not just to my art training, but even to my academics at U of T. When the last, uh, you know, when, for example, when, when the first year ended, she was very much like, don't worry about the grades. We're going out for lunch. We're celebrating. No, this was the kind of person, like, you know, you're brilliant. 
don't worry. <laughs> you know? And and so really at 18 or 17, we so, you know, I think as, as children, you'll agree, we all model after those, you know, who give us that inspiration. Tragically, in the middle of all of that, and in that weird transition at U of T, uh, she passed on um, untimely death. Um, I don't think she even reached 45 years of age. And it was simply, I mean, it was traumatic. And not even to imagine, I'm not um, the daughter or son, so one can imagine uh, a direct family uh, experience. But as a niece traumatic. And that was really it. I mean, I think it it greatly influenced academically. I wasn't doing well. And um, I brought in, I remember thinking for myself an educational psychologist to test me. Um, you know, maybe there was something wrong with my learning. And um, they basically came up with, well, you know what? Um, you don't really have an aptitude academically. Looks like you have an artistic aptitude. Mm -hmm. Um drop out, <laughs> you know, find something else to do. And I, my thought was, I do art. Mm -hmm. uh, that was really, it was really no hope. Don't go to university, never try it again. Um, mm -hmm. It's a, that was traumatic. I mean, I say it with a smile now um, because I can look back and say in the worst of it, uh, the art was an accident really that came at a very uh, discouraging circumstances when someone tells you at 17 or 18 that your academic skills, uh, you know, your ability to go to college, probably not the way towards becoming a teacher. But when I look back, I smile because the visual art was 100% by accident, but a healing process all the way through. Uh, and it just gave me another way to think non-visually. So I didn't have to worry about numbers, essays, <laughs> words I could just express. And, you know, Judy, what was interesting was everyone else that was in those classes that I met, uh, again, it was a social experience. We all came from circumstances where we were individuals. Mm -hmm. We had individual things happen to us. We had stories and we all fit. There was no such thing as anybody being the same as anyone else. So mm. really, yes, it was the art, but it was, again, it was the context um, and that transition brought me forward. Um, and I continued uh, in a, you know, interesting way. And that got me eventually um, into the Rhode Island School of Design. Um, into the I love when you say, you know, it was a beautiful accident, because that's often what we need, right, to get on course is to is to really find the sphere that we're supposed to be in. And this was clearly the sphere for you where you were going to flourish and blossom and not only for yourself artistically, but for so many other people. So to fast track your Canadian teacher qualifications and keep your hands in the teaching area, you landed work with street youth. And I don't know where this is in your trajectory, but this included volunteering drawing workshops for a group of at-risk pregnant teen mothers. And you've described that experience as an epiphany. And you had a realization that art was so much deeper than the art process than just the product. The process itself was so much greater. Was this around that time? I just want to make sure I have my timeline <laughs> correct. You just, you said it so well. And it happened that 
really came after graduating from this art degree and wondering, you know, what would I do? And the degree was, it was intensive to train as an artist. Um, and as I went through it, the, the idea of people and how, you know, people are, are affected by art and how I had been affected led me towards the, the academic stream. So I graduated with this year of this teaching certificate, um, ended up in Ottawa because I needed Canadian certification. I wasn't qualified enough. Uh, I didn't have enough art training to get into the teaching. So, uh, so anyways, in Ottawa, um, had a fast track um, program for another uh, year and wasn't working, didn't really know what I was going to do with my time and just thought, you know, while I'm waiting this out, um, there were some kind of interesting uh, opportunities. Street youth were one and pregnant teen mothers the other. Um, and as I started to do that more and more, and I watched their stories develop huh. over a table of teens, 17 years of age, all pregnant, and then all having their children. And we were still for three, I think it lasted about three years, uh, once a week over dinner. And again, you know, it was a social experience. It was a group of individuals who had come from crazy situations, everything like parents, one parent who had, you know, abandoned their daughter and said, look, if you don't get an abortion, um, you're not coming home. And that person said, well, I'm going to take to the street. Um, the, you know, we're talking individuals individuals who are the last thing in the world they're worrying about is an art course um, and skeptical because I was an art teacher. Would I be like the public school system? They dropped out of school. Right. So it, it was breaking into something that became social. And as I watched that, I, that was it. I just thought I'm sticking to teaching and I absolutely uh, dedicated myself completely to it. And you did this teaching for 10 years in Ottawa. Yes. You taught for 10 yes. years in Ottawa. Am I, I correct in that? I actually started with a tiny studio with no heat <laughs> and, um, and thought, you know, uh, as I worked outside of it in these rather remote situations that were really far away from my training as an artist, eventually I thought, I wonder if maybe I started to advertise, uh, I think it was through a movie theater, um, a flyer <laughs> saying, uh, you know, it was sort of come one, come all, uh, we're going to try watercolor. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> I have no idea who these people were. <laughs> I was living alone. And I thought, you know, um, but the person that I was very uh, one of these outgoing individuals, I would say I am, was very trusting to the thought that it would be outdoors in summer. And let's mm -hmm. see if a group of us could meet at the creek, <laughs> you know, the frog pond and paint. Um, and about 10 people showed up. Um, wow. So I was like, you know, how I, did you approach this? Like, I'm trying to imagine what I would do. Well, I'm not an artist. It would really be very hilarious. But, but, but you, so you obviously got the supplies and you had the paints and you had the paper of some yeah. sorts. And, and, and there you were with these 10 people. Where did you begin? Yeah. So basically, just adding really quickly that, um, that the art shop at that time where there was one art store or two in Ottawa, said, I remember introducing myself and saying, I need some supplies, um, you know, 10 of this, 10 of that. <laughs> they sort of looked at me. See how easy it is, guys, to just make dreams happen. Really? You just have to make, you just really? one step at a time, you ask the question, I have 10 people, I need supplies enough for 10 awesome. people, and right? 
the 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 director at that time of the art store, and I will thank him today, basically said, um, you know, I introduced myself and said, I am trying to start a new idea for, for, for teaching art, introduced himself and said, let me help in any way I can. Um, I want to give you a significant discount and make this affordable so you can you can launch this. I had a lot of help in Ottawa through that way between a movie theater called the Bytan Cinema that advertised for me and, and a manager at, um, at uh, Wallach's Art Store. That was isn't that, that was it. So this program <laughs> was called the Painted Word Studio, and it grew out of this small group of adults in your own little studio. It lasted for thirteen years. What do you think made it so successful? What made it most successful was the switch for me to small group teaching, and that was really why I started them. And I lived in a studio space, not larger than something for four to six individuals. So. That was really, uh, for me, the um, I think the decision that it was about the individual. There is no one way to teach. Everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different passion. Everyone has a different bliss. And I wanted to break that down uh, so that each individual uh, could be acknowledged within uh, within their own right for the way that they learn. That was how it started as a small group. Um, experience for me. And and that's what I've developed since then. So Michelle, you went from what sounds like this kind of dreamy, paradisiacal existence where you were helping people connect to their artistic selves. Like how fulfilling is that? And then you had a major life experience and went from a creative entrepreneur who thought she had found her lifelong bliss to a daughter moving back with your parents into your <laughs> old bedroom in Toronto. What happened? So in, in a nutshell, it was really, uh, had this studio, this was working great, a back injury. That was all it took. And, and when one develops innovative ideas, as you know, and when you, you feel you want to be a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, that is the risk, that if it doesn't work, uh, there's nothing holding you up other than your, your old bedroom in Toronto. And <laughs> I crawled back. Um, I really did. Um, uh, thankfully for the medical help I received in Toronto, I was absolutely housebound for over a year and um, thought I didn't know if I would recover from it. So came back, had the help, um, picked myself up, dusted myself off and started Mm -hmm. again. That was the end of the program. That was the end of my teaching certificate. But then you got, so you bounced back because you could have just let it all go. And you got a dream offer to design and teach a course called Drawing for the Absolute Beginner. What a lovely title for the University of Toronto. And this was a dream come true and a complete transformation and put you back where you've wanted to be all along. How did this all transpire? Absolutely. Transpired. uh, The first time I brought the idea to the school, um, uh, the dean at that time, said to uh, that basically it would never take and try a day camp a year later. So I went back many times um, <laughs> and a year la- after dropping out, after all, this was a huge, you know, huge uh, change. But in the end, by luck, a coordinator had me on their pile of someone proposing this course, got a call and they tried it out 
we started with six people. We ended up with four courses uh, eventually and, you know, an average of um, a lot more students than that. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Um, you know. So you began teaching at the University of Toronto, the school you had left, drawing courses, and eventually to that, and congratulations on this, by the way, just on the gumption and the, the fact that you went back because <laughs> you believed in it, obviously, so fervently. And not only did you begin teaching all of these drawing courses, but you eventually added art appreciation courses. And, uh, and so I wanted to ask you about that. What caused you to make the shift to add these art appreciation courses and how did that sort of catapult the whole thing to a whole new level? Because uh, the University of Toronto has an unbelievable collection of art and it was not really being shown. A lot of it was really uh, out of sight, out of view. Um, and more importantly, I found that my students, when they looked at the art and we would go at the end of the class and I would show them some pieces, just it absolutely uh, created, again, a social connection so that I realized when they looked at art, they went back with a new fresh eye in drawing. And I realized that connection, a light bulb went off, you've got to look at art in order to create it. That was really how it came together. And and as well, the collection being just a, a magnificent collection, it expanded them out, out of the classroom. So fantastic. You also, it's such an interesting story, Michelle, because it all began with this passion for art. And, and it's so amazing when you are in the right place, how it just grows and it, and, and more and more becomes available to you in the universe. And I think that's what happened here. You started to write art appreciation ebooks. And can we just explain for our audience who may not know, some members of ours may not know what an ebook is? So an ebook is if you go onto Amazon and you look up any book, oftentimes you'll see a, an option to download the book. Not, you know, we're used to traditionally having like a, a book shipped to us, right? Like a hard copy of a book. So in this case, um, we, you know, you're, you're able to download the book much more efficient than, you know, having a, a hard copy, much cheaper. Um, and that, and the notion started really for me in really realizing um, that artists have stories, they're people. And when I started to look at and research artists, both past and present, by the way, because there are also foundations set up for those artists from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But still, when you read about and research these artists, and I brought them into the classes, that, that research, it inspired um, the books, um, realizing that behind artwork, it's about artists and their bliss and their eye, their creative eye. When we look at those books, we're reading about the artists and their creativity and their passion. And that feeds into education and learning art. It's so fantastic. This all began with your passion as a teacher and an artist. And now as an accomplished teacher, art teacher, and an ebook author and illustrator, what compelled you to make the shift to the Learn Art Online Toronto platform? And I know this happened around the time of COVID, I believe. So that's exactly right. And there was a small group of students who, through the years that, that I knew, some which couldn't come into classrooms, uh, and some during COVID, specifically because of COVID, could literally not leave their homes. So it started with a very small group. And that, as I started to develop that, 
um, it was clear that the connection was, um, it was so compelling to watch people smile on screen in the middle of COVID. I mean, just in a short nutshell, Judy, that was really it. Um, and it, it allowed me through that to develop it into a website and what it's become today. Uh, it still is always changing because it's the people that form the website. It's not about a website that imposes on this on the artist, it's that people, and depending on who they are at that time, come in, register for a six-week course, um, and based on that, the curriculum is individualized for them. And because it is no more than four to six people per course, that is the major, major point I want to make. Um, Everybody gets this individual attention. Absolutely. I just want to ask you briefly, if you could tell me about the logo for your website, just for the listeners, I want to describe the logo on the website. It has a purple flower with an eye in the middle of it, and it reads, sharpen your eye and expand your mind. Michelle, can you please explain what that means to you with regards to helping people find their artistic bliss? So really the artistic eye, there are two eyes, an artistic eye and a critical eye. The critical eye was me in my art degree saying, I hate this, you know, everything I'm doing, I'm not happy with anything I'm doing in my artwork. The teacher hanging it up on the wall and, or the teacher saying, this is awful. <laughs> literally, <No. laughs> literally, this is not working. It's not fitting with the other students and thinking, I want to find an artistic eye. And the artistic eye is the eye into learning art and using your visual skills to start to see beauty of shape, line and form in new ways. So in other words, you don't have to paint an apple that it has to be red. You can actually paint an apple that might be blue or pink. That's the artistic eye and that's okay. That's more than okay, that's great. The expanding of your mind is that I say to people, keep looking at art. If you're not going to be an artist or you don't think you're going to be, you know, the, the, a brilliant artist, don't worry about that. Go and look at the public art around you. Go to an exhibit and expand your mind looking at beautiful art and allowing it to just switch your mind off for a little bit. But in addition to your drawing course, you've also created a manual to go with it, which is so helpful, breaking drawing beyond the box. And, and I'm going to have to save that probably for an article that you're going to write for the magazine. But I just want to say, because I think this is so important. What are the benefits of art in terms of brain health and just in terms of feeling good and feeling better about ourselves? So, you know, in a nutshell, three very quick points. There is something about visual art. Every student has told me this, that when they take my course, it, there's something about just thinking better, uh, something that you might have had a dilemma about before. Suddenly it changes your whole way of thinking. I think that's one of the most important things. Um, and then I think beyond that, the idea of just an overall sense of connection outside of yourself to something that just makes you think differently about your life, about taking on other kinds of knowledge at a later stage in life. Uh, 55 plus is not that late, but basically it's a time where you can learn a new skill. And whether it's art or not, art is a springboard for learning other skills as well. So I have to emphasize that as the most important reason art is a means means towards self-improvement in anything else that you do. Um, it doesn't matter if it's art or not. That's why I think everyone should be taking a basic art course, a pencil and paper art course. 
I agree. And I think that you make it so possible for people to do so where they don't have to feel judged. They don't have to feel criticized. They can feel applauded and acknowledged and listened to. I think it's just so wonderful. It's making me want to take one. So I might be talking to you about this after the show. But let me ask you question we ask all of our guests, what is bliss for Michelle Fish? So the bliss really for me is understanding I have to be true to myself, look inward in times of adversity, uh, to uh, try to, to think through uh, a creative energy. Sometimes you don't know where it's going to lead, but you just have to follow sometimes. You follow your heart, and I have simply found being me being kind to other people, treating others the way you want to be treated, um, and letting that follow has always been my bliss in many ways. It's not the art only. It's everything else that it, that it leads to. Um, and, and really, hopefully, looking back into yourself, smiling a bit more, and, and feeling a little more positive uh, moving forward. That's so great. What is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? Learn Art Online Toronto. Look up Michelle Fish online because I'm on there and it, there's usually a video. You can also think of the words, uh, the letters L-A-O-T. L-A-O-T and that stands for? Learn Art Online Toronto and that's my website. And uh, Or if you look up Michelle Fish, you'll probably see a video that will have the link to my website. Find it. Please do contact uh, me through it. And I'll happily put you on a contact list to keep you updated on our small group instruction. That's so wonderful. And uh, there's also a wonderful video of you online. And I encourage people to look at it on your website where you really talk about your art, your inspiration and how you help others. And you really do. It's been so delightful having you here today. Thank you so much for being on Finding Your Bliss, Michelle. I'm honored, Judy. Thank you so much for having me. So wonderful. Uh, We're going to go on a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to hear an absolutely magnificent song from the Tweens and Teens songbook called Dino Kid. More with Finding Your Bliss when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And it's really been a delightful hour of musical theater and art. And we're back again with award-winning composer and lyricist Nikki Phillips and lyricist and librettist Sarah Ziegler. And we're about to play a magnificent song called Dino Kid. So this is for anyone. Can you set up this song for us and tell us about the wonderful young singer who is singing this piece? This song is from our show In Between, written with Stephen Gallagher, um, a lovely Canadian uh, everything, every talent man. Um, and in this song, um, one of our one of the characters is feeling um, insecure in um, just 
you know, how everyone feels insecure um, throughout our lives, but especially in our adolescent years. And the singer of Dino Kid, I feel like is one of those rare people who by age 12 or 13 has come to love and accept herself exactly as she is. Um, and this is really her anthem. This is her um, message to her friend saying, love yourself. The beautiful singer is Layla Capers. Oh, that's just wonderful. Well, I'm so excited. I, I love it. I'm so happy for our listeners to hear it. Here is Dino Kid, written and composed by Nikki Phillips and Sarah Ziegler. Let's have a listen. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. Oh, my God. That was so beautiful. Oh, the song, the lyrics, the everything, her voice, just absolutely spectacular. Congratulations. Wow. Do you still love listening to that song? Like I was listening and I was having the chills and I was thinking, you've probably heard it a million times, but do you do you still get such a kick from listening to it? I just love her performance of it so much because she has the incredible ability to just convey so much emotion. Yeah. Um, just through her voice. The video of her doing it too is beautiful, but even just the demo, she just her voice has so much emotion. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I I love listening to it. And also, um, I should clarify that the the lyrics in the songbook are are just uh, Sarah, and I wrote the music. Uh, And I think the the lyrics that Sarah wrote in this are are really, um, are really beautiful. So I, I never, I never tire listening to it. And and again, yeah, Layla, Layla Capers did just such a beautiful job on the demo. Oh, just wonderful, you guys. I just absolutely love it. I I actually want to encourage all the parents and grandparents listening right now to this show to get this gorgeous album for your teens and tweens. It really makes the perfect holiday gift. Get two, one for your teen or tween and one for their best friend. That's lovely. I want to thank you so much for being here, Nikki Phillips and Sarah Ziegler. I hope you can come back on the show again to tell us more about the wonderful things that you're doing. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, Judy, this for having so us. so fun. Thank you. So great. Each week we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, let me know. You can reach out to me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. Also, I'm on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. All you have to do is search up Judy Liebrach. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I would like to thank all of our guests for being on the show today, Nikki Phillips, Sarah Ziegler, and Michelle Fish. Thank you to Meg Ruffman, producer Siobhan Kiley, senior editor Haley Allegia, editorial assistant Lauren Kaminsky, wonderful intern Shelley Koskinen, and audio producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.